Hello Spectrumites and other people. My name is Forrest and welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. The podcast for you to learn about the autism spectrum, learn what it's like for someone like me to live on the spectrum, and what marriage is like between two people on the spectrum. Oh yeah, the, the studio that makes the games within Sega um, basically runs on the, on if it's cool, put it in. Mm-hmm. So right. just, just, just always remember that. That's how, what the games run on. Rule of cool. Got it. So my last critique in the list. Okay. Here we go. We've made it to the last one already. Oh, boy. Yes. Some of the quests, quote unquote, in the game are repetitive, like having to shield Makoto from gangsters as you try to escape the area, using the same clips over and over as you hide her, a gameplay function that was outdated by the time the game came out. It's hard to criticize this aspect, though, considering how many times you have to find lock combinations, ladders, and ways to get Ellie across water on a near-constant basis (laughs) throughout The Last of Us. This is kind of just a thing with games in general, that there is a repetition to what you need to do just to progress. To be fair, this was a PS3 game originally. Yep. Yeah. So it was that era of of like um, uh, escort missions. Yeah, that era of escort missions, or how they did puzzles. Yeah. You know that was uh, that's something that this game is known for doing. And at least it was tense when we had to do it. It was tense tense every time. For a while, kind of dies off near the end because you're like, okay, this might be going on a little too long, but maybe that's just my bad player experience yes because you kept you kept moving when you shouldn't be moving and kept getting into fights i've never been great with stealth games whenever a game gives me the option which some games do whenever games give me the option to skip the stealth parts i happily skip because i've never been very good at it yeah i don't know why maybe it's because i maybe it's because my adhd addled mind you know just won't let me sit sit still um, the character in the game will move as much as I do. Yeah. Uh, in real life. Yeah, but the problem is, if you keep getting into fights, Makoto can die. Yes, that that this is true. So. Um, yeah, and you have that. It's another one of those things too, where you have to like keep track of Makoto's health bar. Yeah, well, and your and your own. You're right. Yeah. Which those are frustrating. They're kind of fun though, like, mm-hmm. but they are frustrating. Yeah. So now we're on to the praises. Yay. This is the list that she's been waiting for. Yes. And there's a lot to cover in this part. And we are 48 minutes into this. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so praises. The story is really good. Oh. Okay, but why? <laughs> uh, well, hold on. We're getting there. Actually, so what's coming up is not necessarily a critique. It's a personal issue. Okay. The story is really good, but represents a personal issue I have with multi-layered complex storytelling. It's very convoluted. You heard the summary, right? Yes. It's very convoluted, to the point where there's so much going on and so many different characters involved that it's hard for me to keep track of it all and understand it. To be fair, we had some gaps. Yeah, I had some gaps. And I forgot things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I've been struggling to finish the first season of Reacher. It's a detective mystery story. I have like three episodes left. I... It's been on my queue for three weeks. (laughs) It's a detective mystery story with a lot going on and a lot of moving parts, whereas I typically enjoy much simpler stories, like the one where a man has to take a young girl across a post-apocalyptic country and bring her to a group that believes she holds the cure to the virus that changed the world. This is not a criticism of the game itself, because I can at least recognize that the story is told well, 
albeit it could have been much shorter, like less fights with Kuze. <laughs> I bring this up at least three times in the outline. You bring, a, you bring it up as much as we had to fight him. Yes. <laughs> Five times now. <laughs> it's just personally how I take in information. I wish I was able to keep track of multiple plots better, but it's like... You know, you know maybe how like you should keep a notebook. Know, maybe, but you know how like in even you, I mean, you're better at following detective stories, for example. Mm-hmm. You're better at kind of like keeping track of all those different, um, all those <clears throat> different plot threads. You can do it, but I know that in your case, you too kind of like will become confused by how information is like conveyed to you, or yeah. how how you take in information you have to take in information in certain ways otherwise it confuses you or you're like give me an example or you assume something else well the fact that you mentioned before we recorded this episode you mentioned that you tend to take things in um with you tend to take in visual data Mm -hmm. if i am not visually showing myself enjoying something as we're watching it or playing it together um in my mind i'm like I like this, or I'm enjoying this, uh, but I'm showing none of that on my face. Just this stoic Easter uh, Easter egg <laughs> island, or whatever it's called, Easter Island. Island. <laughs> um, <laughs> this Easter Island statue face uh, um, while I play or watch. Um, to you, your to you, the information that you're receiving is he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, when in fact that's not the truth, but. I could probably help by trying to be more visual. Yeah. So or talking. Maybe if we had had conversations after you were done playing the game and after our game sessions with this, you would understand the story better because I could have helped you understand. Yeah, maybe I should continue. Maybe I should do that from now on. Well, that's a that's one of my issues. One, I think one of my Ishan has issues. more characters than this, and you seem to be following that pretty well. Oh, I think it's pretty. Pretty fine, <laughs> actually. Actually, I will say this um, to give Vision credit: it's a simpler story. It's still pretty multi-layered and complex. So we're trying to find the guy who murdered our father. Yeah, but at least I understand it better. You know, like um, the story of uh, the story of Reacher. Even is Reacher's brother has been murdered in this uh, small town, and there's all these different um, all these different trails to follow and different subplots going on and stuff like that. And it's really hard for me to follow. And when, when something is hard for me to follow, even if everything else about it is good, it kind of, uh, makes me lose the motivation to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with you, you're better at keeping track of all that. Again, you like your murder mysteries and detective stories. Yeah. Okay. But why, even though you, even though you like couldn't, you had a hard time following the story of zero you say you you could recognize that it was written well how could you tell that there's a difference like i know the difference between bad writing and good writing at least okay here's one of the things that all of the yakuza games have i can tell just by playing two Mm -hmm. their dialogue is extremely expository expository is that how you say expository it's very expository dialogue you have to accept the idea that absolutely no one in this game (laughs) will talk like a normal person Okay, I can accept that. I can get over that. Mm-hmm. Anime does this all the time. Yeah. Characters it's have... It's a Japanese thing, I think. Yeah, characters have, like, long, drawn-out monologues or rants or, or, or whatever. Speeches. Speeches or whatever. Lots of speeches. That's um, the fun part, though. But, like, here's a good example. Um, here's a good example, and I won't 
give away any specific plot details if you haven't watched this, listeners. Um, however, we do both strongly recommend this. Think of the show Dark. Okay. Okay, right? Yes. The German show Dark. Yes. There is a lot going on. So much stuff going so on. So much so that there were times in the show where I had an incredibly difficult time uh, following it. Yeah, right? I can understand I mean, why. There were even, yeah, there were even some episodes where, like, I'm liking what I'm watching, but I don't understand any of it. Yeah. But hopefully it'll pay off, right? Yeah. We find out at the end of the show, again, without giving any specific details away, we find out at the end of the show that all of these convoluted paths, all of these complicated arcs, all of these characters, all of this stuff that's just big... Um, tangled knot. Tangled knot. All turned out to be because of one ridiculously simple reason. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It turned... If you were to explain the storyline to someone while spoiling everything, you could probably explain the story of Dark in one sentence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Once that... Once that explanation comes in at the end and explains everything from before, then I can look at everything and go, oh, this was good. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if it was actually good until I got the payoff. I so cried the, at the end of that show. Yeah, I did too. We both did. Yeah. Ugh. That show is one of those shows where I wish I could erase my memory of having <laughs> watched it so I can watch it again and experience it again yeah. like the first time, mm -hmm. right? But a second viewing might be fun, though. It, w it should be. We should do it sometime. Sometime. But um, the same goes for Yakuza 0. There's a lot of complicated threads, a lot of characters, a lot of um, gang politics mm -hmm. going on. But by the end of the story, the explanation for it is actually so ridiculously simple and it, it helps everything before it makes sense. Yeah. That at the end of the... That at the end of the day, no matter what is involved in it, it's easy to say that the story is two, mem two members of different Yakuza organizations are pulled into this conflict where they need to protect uh, this girl that is meant to inherit um, this empty lot that this gang wants. Mm -hmm. And if this gang... If this gang can get it, then they will be able to redevelop that entire area. Yeah. And obviously the girl's life is on the line. Yeah. So it's easy to tell the story once you have everything together. Mm -hmm. If it was bad writing, you know, and if it was poorly told, I probably wouldn't have been able to explain it that simply. That's true. So is that a, yeah. is that a valid response? Is, is that a good response? Yes. Is that an answer to your question? Yes. Excellent. Then I'm doing well, and I'm, and I'm going up to level nine on the marriage uh, scale. <laughs> So, um, the second thing is, oh, well, it, it also just kind of, um, I, I kind of point back to how I love the simplicity of plots like The Last of Us. It's yeah. like two, only two, there's, there's a good number of characters in the game, but only two of them really matter. And it tells a very straightforward story with a very simple goal. Yeah. You know, not a whole lot of twists and turns, not too many surprises, but it does uh, give us an ending that we've, uh, that we gamers have been debating for over a decade. Yep. And the fact that we're still debating it today, you know, lends the game a whole lot of credibility. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the second point, uh, the second praise is, I love the character of Tachibana. And what's, with the, and what's with his ability to hand wave electricity <laughs> off for miles? Rule this game cool. has no magic, by the way. I should point out. Kind of. Sure, but... 
This game doesn't really have magic. For the most part, it's pretty grounded. But there's one moment where Tashibana is standing at the window and he sort of like waves his hand and all the power goes out for miles, you know. In Kamurocho. Um, in Kamurocho. And then he kind of waves his hand again and brings the lights back on and you wonder, how did he do that? <laughs> By the way, spoiler, the game explains nothing. <laughs> the game does not explain to you how he's able to do this and why. Um, where it comes from or anything like that. And he only does this once. What I love about that is he is such an important part of the plot. Um, and he, you know, he, di he dies near the end, which by the way, apparently the fact that he has the ability to use magic hands, you know, like. Which is funny because wasn't the hand that he used his prosthetic hand? I think so. It's like, that makes him really powerful. It's like how Savage Opress from the Clone Wars can use his robot hand to mm -hmm. use the force or even Anakin. Yeah. But, uh. Or Luke. Yeah, or Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Prosthetic hands uh, mm -hmm. don't block it. Mm -hmm. Um. And wasn't it a, wasn't that a twist too? That is that that no, was that a prosthetic was kind of, hand. That kind of came up early. Okay. Because okay. he was eating, and Cutie noticed he wasn't using one hand, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is a fake hand. I lost it in a fight." Oh okay. Yeah, gotcha. No, he's just he's so so nonchalantly. Yeah, I lost it in a fight. And that's what I liked about him. He he was nonchalant. He was um you know he was laid back. He was charismatic. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I mean, you can definitely believe that this man is a real estate agent mm -hmm. in this time period um, with loads of property. Mm -hmm. Oh, and adding that scene where he's just kind of able to hand wave away, um, you know, electricity and stuff like that just gives him a an air of mystery that's never really fully explained. But I think that it, it makes him all the more intriguing. Yeah, again, rule of cool. That's mm -hmm. what they run on. If Does it make sense for him to be able to do that? No. No. Is it awesome? Yes. It's something that's not explained in the story that I'll give a pass yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I love the look of the game, how alive it feels, how lived in it feels, and I love how the game gives you so much to do. Well, that you never that's wanted to do. I should have deleted that, that on the keyboard. <laughs> I should have deleted that. <laughs> I should have made another draft. Do never wanted to do the fun stuff. My notes say, point out how hilarious it is that the game allows you to do some of the most mundane tasks, like hire women for your own cabaret club and set them up where you need them, or manage real estate. <laughs> I'm not even the joking. The cabaret minigame was actually really fun. Critic reviews say it was the best part of the game. It was! It was a lot of fun. I had, I had fun. I had fun managing the cabaret club. You felt like, you felt like I could do this in real life. If it was that simple, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it wasn't even a cabaret club. It was technically a hostess club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. I got, to, I got to make all the girls pretty. I had to remember hand signs. Uh -huh. I had to make sure that their personalities matched up with the clients. I had to make sure the clients were spending money, on <laughs> lots of money. Right, right. I had to make sure the girls weren't tired. Mm-hmm. I had to constantly rotate them to make sure we had enough girls while also keeping their interests, keeping their health and sanity in mind yeah most of the time most of the time when that mini game came up uh i pretty much just handed you the controller and did my own thing I know, <laughs> like was, while while you were doing it it was so much fun and you could do it whenever you wanted you could just keep going and going and going i think you wanted to do it at least a couple more times before we beat the game a couple more times um but that kind of uh leads me into oh yeah the developers have this interesting idea well, of what look. people consider fun when gaming uh -uh. somehow does it moderately well it's like oh 
oh yeah, sure. They they love to do karaoke, which is almost like this guitar hero slash rock band. It's a rhythm game. It's a rhythm game. No, I know. A rhythm game, yeah. yeah. This again, this like rock band esque game where you have to hit all the right buttons at it's the right Rhythm points. game, that's what that's the genre. It's a rhythm game. A guitar hero that dance dance revolution, rhythm games. My gaming language is third person adventure and FPSs. <laughs> I'm afraid that does not compute. <laughs> but no, I love the karaoke songs were amazing. They were all like made in house. They weren't like licensed music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one was your favorite? I don't remember any of them, which I think is a testament to how forgettable they might be. No, you don't remember Judgment or 24 mm. Hour Cinderella? I couldn't remember what they sounded like. But music has never been one of my strengths when it comes to memory. Oh. You don't even, well, do you remember the song that played when Majima became the, the turned into a guy on roller skates? Vaguely. Vaguely. That was fun. Yeah. Because what's fun during karaoke is that if you sing a particular song with one of the main characters, um, it'll kind of show you a show you what's going on in their head. So for mm-hmm. Kiryu, he imagines himself he imagines himself in a rock band with Nishiki, which and- is weird because when you just simply look at him, that doesn't look like the type of thing you, you would see him thinking about. But. He's actually more down to earth than you realize. He's just not expressive. Yeah, he plays the straight man here in just about everything. And then Majima imagines himself as like a 1980s J-pop idol on roller skates. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, We have, we can't talk, we can't not talk about this game, or we can't talk about this game without mentioning the time period that it's set in. Oh yeah, the 1980s. Yeah, and I think that, I think this game like does it beautifully. Yeah. It, It really opened... Uh, so here's something really funny about especially the timing of which we played this. So um, we played this game uh, during the height of inflation in 2022, the highest inflation we've had in 40 years. And so how do we cope? <laughs> how do we cope? By playing a game where um, where everyone was living in a much, much better economy. Basic, from what I remember, inflation during that time period was almost zero. Yes. If you can, if if people out there can believe it, money was so easily access. Money was so accessible to everyone that they can lose a lot, and they don't actually lose. Part anything. of the gameplay mechanic is that you earn money just from fighting. That's how. Pr- that's how to reflect how easy it was to get money back then. We made, I we made like, ten million yen just by fighting people. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I did love that. I thought yeah. I thought the game portrayed that extremely well. It was an extremely fun um like Everybody, period of time to play in. Yeah, like you just see people going around partying, going to di- going to the disco, women are wearing like these beautiful dresses, everybody's rich. Just you just feel like you're walking in an entirely different world. Which brings me to the fact that one side quest or one side thing that I uh thought was hilarious in this game was the fact that you get to try to help this man running for office. <laughs> um the this man was running uh running for office trying to like come up with like what's legislation oh, that yeah, would that, really that, that help <laughs> that would really that would really help us right now. No, that, that was with Majima. Yeah, yeah. and you are <laughs> 
you are essentially dooming <laughs> the economy. Um, dooming the economy by suggesting him things like raise the taxes, you know, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Like explaining to him how to how to run the economy, which would thus burst the bubble that they are in. <laughs> yes, and I thought that was hilarious because historically speaking, the bubble does burst. Yeah, if you, I think basically like. Three years after the game takes place. Yeah, I think it. It's funny because you know people think, well, if we get if we just get into a really economically strong time where everyone, um, everyone's pockets are just stuffed full of dollars and everyone can afford everything and, um, and, and no one can, um, and no one is barred from getting anything. That'll be great. And it's like, yeah, but it's always a bubble. It will. It eventually bursts. Well, to be fair, yeah. and historically, the, their economy was propped up on stilts held together with duct tape and a prayer. Yeah. So it was something that was always going. It, it was to always going collapse. to burst. The fact that it, yeah. the fact that it took that long to burst, is a miracle. Mm-hmm. It should have burst like way sooner, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And but and they I, haven't had a period like that since. No, no country has had a period like that since. Yeah. It is. It was. What we would what we would call a golden age of the modern era that we will probably never see again. Makes it funny to think about the t- again the timing of which we played this game. It's almost like we were like during this period of uh, during this current period of inflation, what we were doing was engaging in a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, where we could just have as much money as we want. I still remember when I was like converting how much yen we had to dollars, and you were just like, oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Because when we got ten million yen, that's. A hundred thousand dollars in U.S. in U.S. dollars, like that's how much money we were earning. We had so much money by the end; it was insane. And we didn't spend all of it. Yeah, because you wouldn't let me. I don't think. Well, even if we did, I don't think there would have ever been a point where we, you know, could have possibly spent it all. That's why you just go out and get more money. And you don't. What's funny is that you don't feel that in Ishin. You know, you don't feel. You don't feel rich in that game. No. Well, that takes place in ancient samurai times. Yeah. That was, that was a so, it, well, I'm kind of pointing that out because it kind of, it, it's credit due, yeah. credit given to the fact that those two games do feel different. I bet, like, it, I bet you'll feel it even more in Kiwami. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, okay. again, no game after that allows you to earn that much money. Gotcha. Gotcha. This to, one to, was special. <laughs> to reflect, to reflect the times, because they every a lot of the gameplay mechanics reflect the times, like how much money you could earn, um, the empty lot scenario with how much real estate was, the fact that one of the mini games was buying up real estate, mm-hmm. which was a big thing back in that time period. Mm-hmm. The fact that you had a pager. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember that. I do remember that. What's funny is that apparently people in Japan still use pagers. Interesting. I don't know why. It's just been interesting, a, and they it, still work. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just like it's always been a thing. Like how disco died down, died out in the eighties for America, but in Japan it was still going strong in the eighties. Interesting. Yeah. Um, extra side quests. There were some extra side quests that I liked. That gives us more insight into Kiryu's character as the straight man in ridiculous situations. <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds me. There was that guy in his underwear. Oh, yeah. That's not even in my Mr. notes. I Mr. just it just literally <laughs> Mr. Libido. Remember adult content. Yes. Yeah. Um yes, there was a guy in his underwear named Mr. Libido and his hope was that by standing around in his underwear, women would be attracted to him because that's totally how it works. No, I d- no, I think he was around in his underwear because he just his sex drive was that high. 
Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. He would, like, pop up every now and then throughout yeah. the game. Yep, he was he was perusing the hostess and cabaret clubs. Yeah, see, the funny thing is, that wasn't even in, in my notes. It was like a virus that just, like... <laughs> Mr. Libido was always watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that just came, like, sl- uh, just came slinking into my mind to remind when, me that it I happened. I still remember when Majma, and therefore you, saw him for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You both had the same reaction. <laughs> Right. Um, so, like, different uh, different situations that Kiryu was in, like, as a, as a straight man in ridiculous situations. Like, a boy waiting to buy a brand new video game, which was then stolen. Or, hand, or handling protesters that are demanding taxes don't get raised. Stuff like that. When was you know. that? There was, like, a group of protesters. No, that was with Majima, not Kiryu. Oh, well, okay. Well, either way, that was still, like, kind yeah, of Yeah, the protesters, then, which then segued into Majima... Oh, talking to the politician. politician. Oh, yeah, because the politician was feeling stressed by the fact that people were were protesting (laughs) against, you know, the raising of taxes. And Majima actually kind of felt like suggesting, you know, to the politician, raise taxes out of spite (laughs) towards those protesters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was that... A funny side quest with the boy in the video game where it's like yeah. you literally like cut the lo- like cut through the line, get to the front, you buy no, the video game no, for no, no, the no. boy. No, he buys it himself, then it gets stolen, oh. and we have to go on this chase across Kamarocho where it keeps getting stolen by people by other people. Oh, who it want gets this passed video. on from person to person. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps getting stolen. <laughs> yeah. Again, a ridiculous situation that he plays the straight man, yeah. you know, through and through. Or like the, or when he has to try to help that punk band who are actually made up of like these really nice people, mm-hmm. and he has to teach them how to be punk. And uh, this was not in my notes either, but like a virus <laughs> that it it just hits you. Um, we cannot uh, finish this without mentioning Michael Jackson and Steven Spielberg. You mean Miracle Johnson? Michael Jackson and Steven Spielberg are in this game. Miracle Johnson, and I forget what the what name they use for. I'm not joking. There is a quest in this game where Michael Miracle Johnson (laughs) is shooting totally not the thriller music video, and Steven Spielberg, who actually didn't, who actually didn't do the original thriller video. Okay, and Steven Spielberg here. Was uh, directing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, was directing the video because in that's, Japan, because Steven Spielberg totally did that in Japan with Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, and your job is to make sure that the guys playing as zombies don't get too close to Michael Jackson. And how do you have to do this? By beating the crap out of them <laughs> in the exact same way that you would fight enemies. Yeah, because Mir- Miracle Johnson told you that. He told the zombie actors to be as real as possible. This is what I meant when I said tonal whiplash. <laughs> it was fun though. Yeah. It was a great and time. And you got some but... good shoes. You got some cool shoes out of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, oh, and, and it wasn't there like a side quest. We just keep going. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, wasn't there a side quest with um um the girl, oh yeah, the girl, this girl wanted to pretend that Kiryu was her boyfriend. Majima. Oh, Majima. You're, getting the, you're getting okay. the side quest mixed up. Okay, that's a problem with the game. Um, no, it's a problem with you. After having beaten it like a year ago? Yes, some of my memories are fuzzy. But there was this girl who wanted to um, pretend that she had a boyfriend yeah. using Majima to impress um, her dad. So that she could still live in the city. Right, and it was this, there was this funny thing where she goes to the bathroom, and the dad looks at Majima and says, I know you're not her boyfriend. <laughs> yes. And Majima's like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, no. And then, but the dad um, said, when she comes back, 
We just continue as if nothing happened. He understands why his <laughs> yeah. daughter did it. Yeah. Oh, there was, was a one, sweet little quest. There was the one with Majima where we had to fight the cult. Yes. That one I remember less, but... Oh, that one was fun, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they... It was a cult. Basically, these protesters where... No, they weren't protesters. Or, they were just a cult. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was a cult. With no, no, you're thinking of this. Oh, from yeah, Ishin? from Ishin. This yeah, is, no, this is from zero. There was the, yeah, this cult with a, and the cult leader was um again adult content here. Very obviously, what any cult leader would do with underage people. Yes. <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> he is exactly what you would expect. Actually, based off a real life cult in Japan at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They eventually, they eventually tried to kill the imperial family with oh, helicopters. Oh, nice. Sounds like a crazy time. It was. Very, very crazy time. Yeah. So that was fun. I, I even got to beat that cult leader up. It was, a, it was very satisfying. Very satisfying. What, yeah. was another, what was another one? Um, trying to think. There was the one where you um, were basically like, you got to be in this film or this TV show or you something. Were pre- you had to pretend to be a producer. You had to pretend to be a TV producer. <laughs> I do remember that one. And I remember the producer or the director or whatever being some weird dude. Like, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Um, so I remember all of that. You do. Um, well, we haven't gone. We haven't gone. We can continue, but I want to see if we get to like the true meat of a conversation. Keep going. We'll see if we get. We'll see if my answer, my questions get answered. Okay. Uh, the cutscenes look beautiful, though it would have been nice if they were consistent rather than switching between a film format and uh, more a game format with dialogue boxes. It's like pick one or the other. PS3. Yeah, pick one or the other. PS3. Ishin is better about it, at least. And I really liked the plot twist of Makoto being the sister of Tashibana. Yeah. How it advances the plot all the way to the end. So a few emotional moments work, such as Tachibana dying while Makoto discovers him. Mm-hmm. And she gains her sight. Partially. Partially regains her sight. Partially regains her sight, which was really cool. Yeah. Because she goes, her, remember, her blindness is, psych- I call it psychosomatic. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like she was injured. It was her body reacting to the trauma of what happened to her. Um, and, uh, and so, and so she, it eventually gets better. That's mm-hmm. why she's able to get partial sight back and then eventually full sight by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Oh, the scene, we already mentioned it, but the scene between Nishiki and Kiryu. Mm-hmm. Where Nishiki tries to kill him. Yes, right. That those were cool. those were all highlights. Yeah, those all like jumped out at me. I hated uh, Majima's boss because Majima didn't. If I'm not mistaken, Majima didn't have the same moral code as Kiryu. I'm no, like, not technically. He he should have just killed the guy. That guy was so annoying. The fact that he still lived at the end. I don't think he could because he was an oath. He was the oath brother to his to his real boss shimano um, yeah. you can't exactly do he that he was so bad though he was so bad i know he was he still he, dies he was like um he, he reminds me of fuchs from barry yeah An- i can see you that. know annoying always like annoying always gaslighting being mm-hmm. emotionally manipulative mm-hmm. and he doesn't and even in the end he doesn't get what he deserves he did die oh he did i forgot yeah. about that that's yeah. right i remember being very satisfied about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he was totally a Fuchs character. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? The conclusion. Oh. Well, can we talk... I, we didn't get to the meat of the conversation. Uh, the true meat. The true, the true what's answer. What's the meat of the conversation? What did you think of Kiryu and Majima? Individually? Yes. 
I really, again, I really liked Kiryu for the fact that he was, um, you know, the straight man. He can stay straight in mm-hmm. ridiculous situations. Now that I think about it, I seem to recall he also um, helped a band. Yeah, I told you about that, remember? Yeah. Where he had to teach a punk band how to be punk. Yeah, Because yeah, they were full of, like, really nice dudes. So he's, it's kind of funny because the type of Kiryu that we get in the main quests and the type of Kiryu that we get in the side quests is slightly different. No, that's, that's, the side quests help develop Kiryu as a character. Mm-hmm. You get to see his real personality, how he's actually kind of a really nice dude. He's actually, he's the, ni- he's probably the nicest Yakuza member I've ever seen. Yes. Majima at least has a bit of a, an edge to him. Mm-hmm. I do love how his introductory scene just shows, doesn't tell. Yeah. It gives you a lot to go off of in one scene. How he loves, you know, like, he loves being a troll to people. He, he has loves, a flair for the dramatic. He has a flair for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously very skilled in combat. And, he doesn't have an eye. And he doesn't have an eye. That's that's correct. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it gouged out or broken yep. when he was tormented? Yeah. He, Tortured, they, I mean. They cut it out of him. Yeah, that's right. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I, liked, uh, I liked his dynamic with Mo- Makoto. Yeah. But it kind of looked like they were trying to go for a more romantic angle between Makoto and... Um, Kiryu. There was that moment where Kiryu was like, hey, look, there's a sushi stand over there. I'm gonna go get sushi. And then predictably, when he comes back, she's gone. No, that was... No, that was Kiryu. Yeah. 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 I, c- I can't remember if that was Kiryu or Majima. What's funny is that they try going for the more romantic angle there, but anyone who has played the other games knows that goes nowhere. Yes. <laughs> so... But at least she ends up happy. Yeah. Um, they turned the empty lot into a tomb, or like kind of a grave. For Tachibana. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't mention the ending scene. That was kind of emotional. Yeah. With uh, where Majima finds her, finds Makoto, but she doesn't recognize him because she never saw his face. Yeah. Yeah, that broke my heart just a little bit. Yeah. And then, and, in, and he had the chance to like say who he was, but he sees how happy she is, so he leaves her alone and just walks away. Mm-hmm. And she like, is like, wait, was that... Yeah, and then, right. And then right. it ends. And then he gives her back the watch that she had broken mm-hmm. that belonged to Tachibana at the end. Yeah. And then she reali- then she finally realizes who it was, but they will never meet again. Yeah, so at least Kiryu is likable. Yeah. He's a likable Yakuza guy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to it's easy to make a Yakuza Yakuza guy unlikable because of, you know, their line of work. Mm-hmm. It's like how um what was it? Tony something and Scarface. Um Montana. You would, yeah, you would remember because BTS sang his name once. Suga, but um, BTS sang his name once. Yeah. Tony Montana. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's uh he's an up and coming crime boss mm-hmm. and he's never likable. No. There's not a redeeming quality about him. Mm-hmm. Kiryu is so soft to the point where you even wonder why he's part of the part of a Yakuza to begin with. I understand it's because family. Yeah. I'll give a, just a, a tiny bit uh, uh, away from my book, but the main character is a gangster who is a gangster because family, yes. <laughs> because he comes from these family ties. Well, technically, it's not even a family tie for Kiryu, because Kazuma is, is um, adoptive, mm-hmm. an adoptive father figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Majima's a little bit edgier, but you can kind of understand that, because he went through a lot of pain and suffering, having he, been tortured by yeah. the very people that you know, he works for. He also thinks he betrays, betrayed his oath brother, Seijima. Mm-hmm. And Seijima's currently in jail. And so he feels like if Seijima ever gets out, he's probably going to come kill him. So that's never fun either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I like these characters. Again, I wish they met each other 
earlier in the game. Trust me, Kawami will make up for it. Yeah, I hope so. What are you hoping that I will um, get more out of Kawami? What are you hoping that I will do differently? What are you hoping that... Um, how are you hoping that... Um, we engage in the game together. I hope I we think talk will, about it. More yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this will. I think this will help. You don't. Sometimes you might not think that things like this matter in a marriage, especially between two people on the autism spectrum. But it kind of does. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we talk about it a bit more. I hope you're. I hope you're willing to express a bit more. Like, if you think something's good, you're allowed to say that was really good, or oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It takes more conscious effort. I will have to um, practice using my face muscles more. Or just even using words helps. Mm-hmm. And then that, and then it can, and then the face muscles can happen. <laughs> Kayla, KG loves um, YouTube reaction videos, so I kind of have a feeling that part of her love of seeing people react to stuff is because she watches people react to stuff or, because she wants to watch their reactions too. Yeah. I wa- I like reactions, so I watch reactions. She goes off of visual data. Yeah. And I think that's probably a common truth when it comes to people on the spectrum. Whenever I try showing you something that I think is hilarious and you don't laugh once, it is one of the most awkward experiences ever. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most awkward feelings ever. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just reminded of Ray from Achievement, uh, for, former Achievement Hunter. Mm-hmm. He played through zero, Yakuza 0. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he played through all of the games, actually. Yeah, he's um, a fan. Yeah, massive fan. Um, he became a massive fan, fan as he played through the games. Mm-hmm. And I st- <laughs> when he got to the scene between Nishiki and Kiryu, where, where right before it showed the gun, <laughs> um, Ray was just like, do not shoot me, do not shoot me. Oh, gosh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I didn't, his face wasn't showing because he turns off his face cam when cutscenes played it. You know, so people focus on it. But yeah. just hearing, just hearing that is just like <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah, you have to be willing to accept the fact that people don't kill each other in this game when they when it probably is most logical to. You have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Kiwami, I just think when you see what Zero was building up to, I think you'll appreciate Zero more. Okay. Because a lot of what happens in Zero directly correlates to what happens in Kiwami. Okay. There are consequences for what happened. All right. My conclusion for this, in terms of scores, 8.5 out of 10. I will take it. Yeah, it's 8.5 out of 10. The last few hours were a little exhausting, especially when you're, like, barging into room after room to fight bad guys that look the same <laughs> and having to perform the same moves on them over and over again. We already talked about this. We're not, we don't have to talk about it again. But still, it was a great time overall, and uh, we're now playing Ishin, the samurai variant of the Yakuza series. It's standalone, so it's much easier to get through. You don't have to worry about anything. A lot of it is familiar. The combat system is almost exactly the same, but it's still a good time. In some cases, familiar is good. Yeah. 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 So that's basically, that's um, at least in, the, in a way that I can in an hour or so. And the fact that it's 5.30 and I'm hungry <laughs> and uh, my intermittent fasting begins in an hour and a half, uh, you know, it, I thought this was great. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, I liked it. Thanks for listening to us uh, through these last two episodes. Next episode will be kind of a, from a much more uh, normal standpoint as far as uh, this podcast and its structure is concerned. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.